0: Welcome to the Redefined Life Podcast, where we illuminate the path to getting a non-dev job in crypto. Today, we're speaking with Andrew Thurman. All right, Andrew. So how about you um, give me a quick little four-liner effectively on on your um, crypto industry resume? Uh,
1: According to Nansen, I'm a heavy dex trader and uncommon NFT collector. Uh, no, um, I'm currently the weekend editor at Coin Telegraph. Uh, prior to that. I was the senior partnership manager over at Chainlink. and um, before that, I was uh, working on a smart contract data marketplace that went on to become the Oracle Network API 3.
0: Oh wow, okay. Um, when did I guess let's go let's go back even further. So when did you first kind of become aware of crypto even as a thing?
1: Yeah, um, probably, you know, very close to the beginning. Um, My family was uh, uh, unusually hard hit by the 2008 financial crisis, Um, like lost the house, uh, had some suicide attempts in the family. It was was a nightmare. Um, But as a result, I kind of spent the rest of my college years really studying the history of economic crashes and, um, you know, how some tremendously powerful people have come to start playing hanky panky with the global financial system um, and you know once you start going down those rabbit holes crypto is just obviously a thing that's going to capture your attention um, i didn't start investing until relatively late but i was aware of bitcoin as early as you know 2011 2012 um sort of followed ethereum in the early days and finally um started investing in 2017 because i finally had a little bit of money
0: Hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I can, I can see the, uh, that, that it would become, you know, the the obvious kind of fascination there um, after. Yeah. There's like, experience. there's just
1: no way to avoid it after something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> uh, Absolutely. everybody, you know, handles trauma differently. Bruce Wayne became a furry who beats up petty criminals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I write about crypto. <laughs> there you go. Um, so.
0: At what point? So, what were you doing for work prior to your first crypto job?
1: Um, patchwork of gigs, basically. You know, just uh, name a job, and I've probably done it. I tried um, selling bonds when I was in college. I was working in the world's shittiest boiler room. We had an office above a mechanic shop. Um, I, I built fences. I stocked shelves. I waited tables. Just every everything you can imagine. Um, but when I got into my first crypto job, I had finally started to find a little bit of stability. I was a graduate student at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, I was teaching English there, um, introduction to uh, journalism and uh, some composition classes. Um, I was tutoring. Uh, and, and I finally like had enough ground underneath me that I could really start getting more deeply involved. Um, sure. I did that uh, with um, what at the time was called CLCG, uh, Chainlink Consulting Group. Um, it it formed what I now realize is in the mold of how a lot of DAOs function. There was just a bunch of nerds online who were super into Chainlink, and uh, we we sort of found each other and um, just started a company. Um, we thought. Went through a couple different models. It was it was a sort of gradual process, as you might expect. We knew we wanted to do something with Chainlink. We didn't know what to do exactly, um, and finally figured out a niche in the data provider uh, system. Um, we we figured out a, a way we could be middlemen effectively um, reselling data, um, and that was probably the busiest, but I think maybe the most fun period of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was trying to finish my graduate thesis. I was I was tutoring I was teaching and I was trying to put in ten to fifteen hours a week on this side thing and you know everybody else like had families had lives uh, but we're doing the same thing it was it was really collaborative it was just tremendously exciting um, and and uh, again I think it's really you know the the idea of DAOs weren't as powerful back then as they are now so we almost didn't know we could work within that framework. And there were a lot of trust assumptions. We were all uh, working for equity. We were just filling in what hours we had worked that week on an Excel sheet. And a lot of people could hypothetically lie, but we were all just like so excited and we didn't know that there were perhaps tools out there that would have mitigated um, some of those efficiency and trust issues. Uh, but yeah, that was the start. It was it was just a wild time. Um, I was just on a panel recently with Bobby Ong, the uh, head of CoinGecko. And afterwards, I reached out to him because he was probably like one of the first people in the space that I talked to. I got up at like 2 a.m. to do a business development call with Bobby, and uh, I don't know that that was a, probably the most surreal moment um, of my life up until that point. That I was just some stupid English graduate student, and I was talking to you know this hugely influential person. But yeah. uh, that moment sort of taught me a lot about the space. That people are open, people are willing to talk to you, um, people will hear your ideas. And it's, it's flat enough that you can talk to somebody with that degree of power, um, just as a relative outsider.
0: So it's, it's the thing that strikes me as you were telling that story there is definitely that, um, you know, the, the initiative you took, you know, it wasn't like you were waiting for somebody to kind of tap you and, and find your resume or anything like that, but you, you started participating, uh, on your own initiative there. It seems like that's a common thread that I, I hear when I, uh, when I see people giving advice about how to get into crypto.
1: Yeah. And that's like, and there's, there's almost a pipeline for that now with DAOs, you know, I, I think a lot about the steer story of um, zero X Maki. He's one of the head guys. I think he became, I'd say, he, and he hates it when I say this uh, in my articles, but I'd say he's now the sort of de facto founder of sushi swap after chef Nomi left that guy he wasn't part of the founding team he just showed up in the discord and started community managing you know he showed up to the meetings and he started you know he he just made a role for himself and now he's arguably the head of the project you know you can join a discord and you can if you find the way to chop wood and carry water you can make a place for yourself at a major major team and, and you know, there, I think there were less avenues for that. Back when I started, I got a little bit lucky in that regard, but there's really now a clear path to do what I did without question. And does,
0: and I mean, it sounds like you didn't necessarily have like a, a strong coding background or, or highly technical background prior to getting started. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Oh yeah. I can, I can barely read Solidity. I'm trying to get <laughs> okay. better um, and have been for a long time, but no, um, I, I, sort of ended up doing a lot of business development stuff because that's the grunt work that, you know, lots of teams need. and Nobody wants to do like who's going to send out the 30 emails this week to try and find new clients. Who's going to do all these cold calls. Who's going to do these meetings. Who's going to, you know, get the paperwork in order to sign the the, the data deals and all this stuff. Um, and anybody can do that as long as like <laughs> you can learn quickly. Like I don't think you need to go to school to be a business developer and especially now, like, you know, a lot of Anon teams can talk to each other as Anons. It's less based in, you know, who, what's the resume of this guy I'm getting on this call with. Um, it's easier than ever to get like a real position of power without a technical background too. That's, that's definitely,
0: I think, inspiring, especially for the the audience that I'm, you know, trying to speak to with this podcast is because I think a lot of the stuff that you'll see on Twitter, at least from my perspective Really seems to be very coder heavy, and obviously a lot of the jobs that are being posted right now are these more technical jobs. But uh, just kind of hearing that list that you just gave out of various things that need to be done, I think um, will will help kind of open the minds of people who are keeping an eye out for those kind of non technical things that they or ways that they can contribute.
1: Yeah, I think the the talent drought is definitely most highly concentrated at those technical positions. Like you see the, you know, an entry-level Solidity guy can get 150K easy, right? Yeah. Um, but there's still a talent drought just across the space period. We need, you know, people who can rub two brain cells together, um, but deeply understand a protocol and can, you know, troubleshoot official channels. We need more people who are willing to do the legwork of business development. Like there's, there's definitely opportunities out there and, uh, you know, the talent drought just isn't concentrated in those coder positions, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, during those early times when you, before um, you and that group of other guys, you know, started really working together, what was your approach for, I guess, even like learning the ins and outs of, say, you know, Chainlink, since it seems like that was the one that really caught your interest most? Um, were there certain Uh, you know, whether it's Discord or or other platforms, um, kind of what was your approach to really learning at the depth that you were interested in there?
1: Um, It was almost out of necessity. I learned uh, very early into my crypto journey that I'm just a dog shit trader, just absolute garbage at it. Um, And so what I needed to do uh, was find good projects and make high concentrated bets and just sit on them for a while um and and that by necessity means you know doing a lot of deep research doing you know dyor right uh look into the backgrounds of folks um actually read the white paper if you don't understand the right paper jump into the conversations because there's always one happening on discord there's always uh you know 4chan was huge with chainlink stuff back then um i actually got a lot of info out of it um for at least a period before i you know got disgusted with the community and had to step away. Um, but there's, I, I, I think, um, you know, this question of of how and why you get deeply involved in something is very interesting. I think people by nature sort of gravitate to projects and pick one. That's kind of a human instinct. Um, and that can be very beneficial in somebody's journey towards getting a job as well, though, Because if you can become an expert in one thing, this is something I learned very, very early. If you can become an expert in the one thing, you don't have to be smarter than everybody else. Like you go to some of these conferences, you're going to be talking to legitimate super geniuses who, you know, make you look like a drooling child. But if you're 10 to 20% smarter than them about one topic, about one thing, then you can have a good conversation with them and they're going to be interested in talking to you. Um, and so it just seemed obvious to me that, you know, Chainlink was both a good investment and something where I could, you know, I, I, I could really build out expertise. And so, you know, deep dive on the nature of API data, because that's so key to Chainlink. Um, that's sort of what I brought to CLCG, um, you know, aside from like the uh, uh, technical blockchain expertise, other people had that covered, but I could find this little key component to the ecosystem and really corner that. And so that's what I did.
0: Yeah. It seems like you kind of, even without necessarily the the bachelor's degree, effectively, you you chose your your graduate thesis and went right to that and, and self-taught on that one thing that uh, will separate you or, or put you in the top 10% effectively of, of people in the space on that one topic.
1: Yeah. And um, again, I think um, like using the zero X Machi example, again, that guy just had a good understanding of the different pairs and uh, sort of investment options early into sushi swap. And like the way he sort of rose to fame was he cosplayed as a, uh, a waiter and anybody who came into the sushi swap discord, he'd ask them, you know, okay, what do you have? Here's how I can help you make money by depositing an X, Y, Z. Hmm. Like just even a little bit of info like that really opens up what you can do and what you can offer a protocol.
0: Cool. Um, so is what at, at this point this day and age so I've having been recently um, or I guess relatively new to the crypto space of you know less than a year um, I've been searching for these high density uh, information sources. and so initially you know I was spending a lot of time on on Twitter, uh, but there's a lot of noise there and um, recently found, the resources available on discord and have joined several of the the discord groups and um and finding that that's a much higher density of of useful uh information Um, are there any other kind of high density sources of information that you're aware of right
1: now i mean you can you can go and talk to founders which is mind-boggling to me (laughs) yeah One one of the things that these discords give you access to is not merely you know um the information about the project but access to the people working on the project itself like you can, and often they're responsive. They'll they'll talk to you about their project and you can quickly, you know, get a better understanding of something in a five minute conversation with somebody who's actually built the damn thing than you can, you know, uh, with uh, an FAQ, regardless of how well put together it is.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, another, another thing that I've been kind of fascinated and, bo- and had my mind boggled by is the, the low viewer count on some of these, uh, like Ethereum foundation, YouTube channels where it's you're seeing the dev meetings and there's you know a thousand at most a thousand views on these things and it's like this is this is world-changing information that's being shared here and only a thousand people
1: have chosen to click through and watch it it's it's crazy to me yeah no i feel the same way about um i think one entrepreneurial young mind should be hanging out in governance forums the the amount of alpha there like you can know projects don't put out roadmaps anymore right but because of how DAO governance works, you can have a very good understanding of in what direction a project's going and what their future plans are just by lurking and you know, seeing who's posting what. Um, and that also gives you a kind of innate understanding of how the ecosystem works. Like some if a VC is the one who's proposing something, you can guess that they've worked with the team on their proposal. Like you can, you can sort of understand how decisions are made and things take shape. Uh, so spending time in governance forums, if you're trying to find like leverage or leeway or get an edge, that's the place to be in my mind.
0: And are those on, on Discord? Are they GitHub or
1: where, where are those found? Um, there are these, uh, what are the names of them? There's one website in particular that has a ton of them. Uh, let's look where Ava is, right fast. Yeah, if you click through the app and go to governance, uh, governance forum. Oh, this one is just governance.ave.com, but they all have the same uh, um, sort of uh, 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 layout and design. And I know everybody just forks one another's. (laughs) so they're they're
0: more like self-hosted rather than on some other protocol or or not uh that's right
1: it's uh not really on uh, a social channel but if you go to every project's website they're going to have um governance visit forum where uh you know proposals go through a discussion and review voting phase prior to becoming actual proposals that people put on chain for token holders to vote on
0: interesting okay i'll definitely be looking forward to exploring those in, in much greater depth there um so, so it sounds like just to kind of come back to to uh your journey it sounds like you know i guess you were one of the the few folks who um put stability and crypto together <laughs> in a sentence um and, and uh
1: what i, mean, I, I don't, guess i don't know like i i <laughs> I mean, a lot of it was this kind of growing panic throughout my graduate school years. I love teaching. I was tremendously good at it. But you're like the the way academia is set up now, you know, finding anything other than this endless string of benefitless assistant professorship jobs. It's very bleak. It's near impossible. Uh, And so I I sort of needed a way out of that. And um, like, I didn't know that it was going to be successful. I, I had a very strong thesis that I had conviction in but it it was it was a gamble and i think a lot about um like the the sort of position you have to be in financially or with some degree of stability to um to take the leap into trying to work into crypto for me you know i i was putting in those 10 to 15 hours um and it was it was a high upside gamble um but it was when I felt like I had to take, uh, because like, if I didn't, (laughs) my, my economic outlook was, was for the rest of my life, frankly, was extremely bleak. Sure.
0: Yeah. And it seems to me like the, I mean, there's certainly an economic component of, you know, some of these, these jobs, I think, you know, for those of us who have joined during the, the bull market here, it's. What we're seeing is the daily dopamine hits of seeing number go up, right? So, but um, but it sounds to me like you had it wasn't just uh, you know trying to pull a lottery ticket for you as far as um, your your ten to fifteen hours that you were putting in each week. It sounds like there was a genuine interest in in the implications of what was going on there and what was being built.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had to be. Passionate about it, even if I had the most, you know, bullish expectations. Um, you you can't work for free or for equity in that case um, without the love. Sure. Um, a- another example about this sort of economic uh, um, angle to being able to take jobs, though. Um, when uh, uh, we were eventually invited, CLCG uh, to present at Web three, um, it was shortly after the launch of our data marketplace. Um, like we actually had a product out after all the work, finally had something. And Chainlink invited us to go um, uh, speak at their like little mini mini conference they had there. Uh, that was in Berlin, I think in 2019. Um, and after that, uh, you know, I had previously sent an application to Chainlink kind of on a lark, um, but at the time there was like a more sort of old school hiring practice, I guess. Um, you know, people told me, oh, now that we've met you, we can talk more seriously about giving you a job, and so Chainlink kind of poached me from CLCG after they met me after I'd given this presentation at Web3, um, and that was actually a really difficult decision because you know there's this startup here that I really deeply believed in, and Chainlink we were sort of working within their ecosystem at the time. Um, you know they're offering me money. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that was, uh, uh and and today, you know, uh, CLCG went on to become API three. They're worth something like nine hundred million. Uh, if I would stuck with them, I'd probably own between like two and five percent of that. Not bad. So yeah, <laughs> you, you do the math. But <laughs> I had to sort of turn that down because at the moment, like my partner had just inherited this shitty old like fishing hut, basically that we had to fix up. I had her, I had two dogs. I had to like put 12 meals out per day and like find the money to deal with this, this shack. Yeah. And so I couldn't stay with the startup. I had like the only rational decision was to take the job at Chainlink.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: but like in retrospect, I would have been infinitely richer had I not, <laughs> you know, like, and, and sort of being forced to make these decisions with upside in mind with what you with the practicalities of your life are that's that's one of the trickiest parts of getting a job in crypto in my mind
0: well I mean it seems to me like that's that's kind of a thread whether it's getting a job or or changing jobs within crypto or even you know for the people who whose involvement so far has just been Owning and holding tokens, when to take profits, you know, when there's so much potential upside uh, for just you know, staying the course. Um, yeah, you know, balancing the realities of of life outside of the crypto world is is something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. So you you mentioned that some of that like once we've met you kind of mentality, um, you know, it's at the time at least it was. More likely for people to give you opportunities. Do you think that that's still the case, or how important are like attending conferences uh, or the in-person meetings to kind of developing your career and network in crypto?
1: It's a really good question. Uh, the The short answer is I don't totally know. I, I I suspect that if you want to get hired at certain places, like Consensus, I guess, which has more of a a sort of um, I don't want to say corporate, but they're 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 structured much more as a traditional business, right? If you want to get a job with them, you probably need to meet somebody at a conference. Um, but you know, COVID really fucked up a lot of that mentality. Like, if yeah. you're a, a, a company that's growing at the clip that a lot of you know crypto organizations are at this point, you know, you just you need access to a wider hiring pool. And if you know a year's worth of conference season. Is just wiped off the table. What do you do? And so I think people are definitely getting much, much more creative. I know, sort of at the end of uh, my time at Chainlink, they were they were really starting to to rethink how they um, how they hired, how they looked for people. Um, and so I just don't know if it's going to come back when conferences come back. But right now, at this moment, um, I think even the big, big. Um, you know, more traditionally structured companies are are willing to hire outside of the box. But maybe when conferences come back, um, the way to get your foot in the door is going to be going the DAO Discord route.
0: And then how about, you know, I know a lot of people, obviously, on crypto Twitter have anonymous handles and and use those handles consistently throughout the social platforms. Um, but if somebody's goal is to get a job, what have you seen or, or what are your What's your sense on anonymous accounts and, and making a name for yourself through that consistent anonymous handle versus
1: using your real name? I mean, uh, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world that it's, for certain positions, again, it's still going to matter. Like Consensus isn't going to hire you unless you know, you're know you doxxed. They, they're going to have payroll that they want you on, right? They're going to want to give you benefits. Um, but a bunch of these companies, and I'm wondering if it is because we're in a bull market and therefore people are more comfortable, like they're going to pay you an ether and it, they don't give a fuck. They just, they need to know your ETH address and that's it. And, and as long as you're doing the work, it's fine. Like you, you can get to, again, look at zero X monkey. The guy is, um, I don't know if he's like full, anon. he's probably ducks to at least a handful of people, but you know, like he, he's the founder of the top 10 DeFi protocol. Uh, and he was just someone on who helped out on discord to start. Hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I'm increasingly of the opinion that there are more and more opportunities out there for people who want to stay anon to work full-time in crypto, but just know, you know, you're not going to get benefits in the traditional sense. Like there's probably not going to be a legal entity that can give you health insurance and stuff like that. So while there are trade-offs, it's just now's been the best ever time to try and get a job if you want to stay in on.
0: Cool. Yeah, so it's yeah, so bottom line is figure out what your values are and and what's important to you and what your target is and then cater it to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about so it sounds like if you if your goal again is is to get a job in crypto and you're um finding yourself active on or you're you're being as active as you can be on these Discord channels or um participating in governance. I guess should the expectation be that um uh, just by being active, that you know, a person will potentially at some point be approached by a protocol to kind of become more of an official contributor in that way? Or uh do you think that it's more of an active, um directed approach where somebody will say, you know uh I guess where you have to identify who the decision maker is and um kind of get their like approach them directly for an opportunity um that would be more formal and, and have compensation associated with it.
1: You know, I that is an excellent question. Um and I frankly I'm not too too familiar with it. I only had this sort of bootleg DAO experience uh you know in 2018, 2019, right? Sure. But uh, I, I will say that I know that there's this, this growing sort of ethos of, uh, you know, just don't ask, just fucking do something right. Yeah. If, if you feel like you've been moderating or you've been doing something useful um and, and, you know, nobody's approached you and you, you haven't been noticed or whatever, uh, then go to the governance forum and write a proposal to start getting a monthly fee. If you, if you have deliverables and you can make a case to the DAO, um, you'll get a grant. Like you, you why why sort of wait, you know, build up the credentials, actually do something useful and then demonstrate that you've done that and ask for money if somebody doesn't offer it to you. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a structure in place for somebody to do that. There's, they're, they're practically begging for it, for goodness <laughs> sakes, you know, <laughs> right. look at some of the tools like yearns building with coordinate they want to give out this grants money. They want people to do useful things in the ecosystem.
0: All right. Um, so there was a recent, a recent thread going around Twitter, um, that I think got a lot of attention here. It went somewhat viral where, um, this person was kind of going through a list of, I think they framed it as the reality of a job in crypto and, um, the bottom line was that you know it, it seemed like it was uh, a lot of the things that are certainly would not be considered romantic um you know and i, I think uh, john i'm not sure how to pronounce his last name but john sayu john sue um it's s-y-u is the last name and is first but uh yeah he he had this list and seeing the responses to it was pretty interesting. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this thread.
1: No, that was, that was a fascinating thread. I think um, he was probably a lot of the stuff he said resonated with me. And that's because I came through Chainlink, which again, is structured much more like a traditional tech company, a high growth tech company. And again, like stuff like consensus, some of the big, like whatever the fuck the legal organization that runs EOS is like all these sort of bigger um, older by crypto standards 2016 17 18 companies everything he said about that was true um, the the sort of people on the inside are highly idealistic but still sort of accept certain forms of centralization you know you're not always working towards your ideals sometimes practicalities get in the way um, I saw a lot of that uh, however, it, what I'm seeing now with some of these younger DeFi companies, the exact opposite is true. And so a lot of people accurately were like, "This is not my experience." You know, we've been fully decentralized. We've been able to work to our ideals. We've, you know, we've not blown our bodies out going hard, but we're simply pursuing our passions. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like a a lot of the stuff going on with these young projects and these young DAOs. Really excites me because it seems to be, you know, sort of proving that uh, you don't have to make the concessions and maybe working in crypto can actually be romantic. Um, so I think, like, what he said was probably very true to his experience, but there's a ton of people out there having much better ones right now.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me like a, a, a response that I was seeing quite a bit of was like, yes, every one of the points that he made um toward the negative you know were were absolutely true and but it was kind of a concentrated take where like i think red phone crypto exactly what he said was you know took me years to learn all the shitty parts about crypto here they are in one tweet thread all true but it's also true that i'm not going anywhere and the good vastly outweighs the bad um yeah. and so yeah it seems like you know when i first read that thread it to be honest it was like oh no am i am i looking at the potentials here with rose colored glasses, or is this, um, you know, what other information am I missing about the reality of being uh, in the industry? Because I mean, anything that you're involved in is going to have, you know, some negatives with the positive, as long as, you know, as, as you're indicating and, um, you know, Red Phone Crypto and others are indicating that, you know, the the good is still there and it's it's the balance is going to swing in one direction or another depending on you know what protocol you're working with or, or what your specific role is or what have you but um but you know finding that niche that's that's uh, catering to your passions and interests and what kind of inspired you to get into crypto in the first place um, those ideals uh, you know it's it's still possible to find that that spot in- for you
1: more than like it's possible to find that i think it's increasingly possible to not have to subordinate your ideals for practicality there's just the tooling for you know maintaining a decentralized fully a non-team is is out there like the 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 ways you can i don't know a lot of the stuff he said about um you know having to adopt a, a legacy financial practices in order to uh Build a decentralized company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not as much need for that. I think there's there's a lot of room for for teams like the Rari Capitals of the world now, like sure. <laughs> literal teenagers um, building tremendously complex things without like having to scramble for VC money and cow to you know um, these kind of authority figures that uh, are very much a relic of a different system. Um, that's that's really exciting to me um obviously you know it's not paradise but compared to you know destroying your body working on wall street it's damn near close sure yeah um
0: so uh we're getting kind of close to our our hard stop time here but uh, and, and there's been i think this has been super dense with with definitely useful information for folks um i guess what what questions would you say that somebody should ask themselves before kind of making the leap into working uh, for a crypto company?
1: I mean, like the, the, the key is that you're making a bet on yourself. Um, and are you in a position financially, uh, socially, like will your partner be able to endure, you know, you suddenly working weird hours and uh, uh, not having health dental vision? you know, uh, it's, it's far and away the most rewarding decision I've made in my life, um, but there's plenty of ways it could have gone terribly wrong. Um, I'm now in a fabulous position. I've set myself up for the rest of my life, but uh, uh, that <laughs> bear markets happened that almost didn't happen. And so I, I, th- I do think it's important um, that you're either young and capable of taking a big risk or that you you have a kind of support structure, uh, both socially and in, you know, the uh, having a nice little nest egg ready if if whatever you're working on falls flat on its face. You you making the jump. You need to be prepared for it. I think. Sure. Um, so actually, that's
0: actually another point that I meant to bring up is is the bear market kind of how to navigate the system through those dips and are there. I mean, I imagine that the opportunities drop dramatically during the, the depths of a bear market. Are there certain positions or opportunities that you see that are more resilient or resistant to uh, potentially being high risk for losing your your position um, through the bear markets?
1: Um. Man, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so much money now. And even after prices crash, there might still be so much sloshing around. There's still going to be teams hiring. Um, obviously, if you know Solidity, uh, you're, you're always going to be able to find a job no matter what, Mm -hmm. but, um, a proven track record for being able to do business development things. Um, community management's always going to be in need. Um, product managers, huge weird field. Um, figuring out how to, how to do product management is, uh, uh, you should interview, uh, Tricky Uh, he's one of the urine operations guys. I think he's got a real understanding of how, um, hugely important product managers are to blockchain and how it's kind of this weird amorphous job. Uh, you know, find, find one of those and you'll be good.
0: Sure. Um, so what kind of, yeah, what kind of tasks would a product management manager be kind of responsible for?
1: Uh, You're kind of a mini CEO, you've got to do everything, you've got to have like this big vision and get your team excited, you have to keep them on task, Uh, you have to manage their requests for vacation time off and pay raises, you're, 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 you're basically a mini CEO. Um, And so certain kinds of leadership and organizational skills are necessary. Um, But I think it's one where like, you kind of do it by sheer force of will. And I think it's um, like Xerox Maki went from being a community manager to a product manager. I'd say, um, and so figuring out uh, uh, like a niche for yourself and studying that field and who succeeds in that field and why—that's definitely worth looking into.
0: Okay. And now I have seen, you know, a lot of posts uh, as far as available jobs go for a community manager. Um, what, what kind of uh, similarly, you know, what kind of tasks and stuff would they be responsible for?
1: um can you help troubleshoot problems can you help tell people how to get maximum value out of the um out of the protocol you know uh uh, like if somebody is tooling around on alchemics you know you get future yield and loans that pay off themselves that stuff you you've got to figure out like uh, novice users on that they hardly know what they're doing they don't know how to um you know, take this incredible tool and actually make it capital efficient for them. So if you have a deep understanding of the protocol and you can hold people's hand through figuring out how to use it and use it well, that's going to drive tremendous value for both the users and the protocol. Everybody under the sun wants one of those. Can you have a deep enough understanding uh, of a protocol to help somebody else truly utilize it and make money from it? Um, I think that's a path to getting a job in a heartbeat.
0: Cool. All right. Well, anything else that uh, you want to add for, for the audience of, you know, assuming that they're, they're folks who are, are kind of investigating and and contemplating whether or not this is
1: a path they want to go down. I mean, if you can, you, you should do it. Uh, You you need to be realistic about whether or not you can, but (laughs) if you can, you're, you're going to become a steward for building a new financial system. It's going to be the adventure of a lifetime. It is well worth taking.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share this. This was uh, I think a lot of helpful information um, that I know is super helpful and answers a lot of my questions. So I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other people as well. Um, what's the best place for folks to find you, contact you, see your content?
1: Um, I'm all over Cointelegraph. Come say hi. Uh, a. Thurman at Cointelegraph.com and hit me up on Twitter at Blockinalia.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, and uh, I'll definitely have um, those links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for being on today.
1: It was really my pleasure. It
0: was fun.